me that was a blessing. How many of y'all like a short message this morning? Oh. Well, y'all know how you get it. Stay with me. Appreciate you being here today. Would you open your precious Bible this morning to the book of 2 Samuel? And we're going to continue as we've been looking for months in the life, on the life of David. And uh, this message today is, we could call it finally, I mean finally, this is chapter 5 of 2 Samuel, finally, this has been 15 years coming in the life of David ever since Samuel anointed him king at his father's house when he was out watching the sheep. And all of the brothers passed by and the Lord said, no, this is not him. And Samuel asked Jesse, do you have another son? He, he said, yes, the youngest is out back watching the sheep. He said, go fetch him. And when he brought David, now remember this has been over 15 years ago. We're reading now in 2 Samuel chapter 5, we've went through this whole journey. All the ups, all the downs. And now we're in 2 Samuel chapter 5. David had been reigning as king in Judah for the last seven and a half years. But as we look here in 2 Samuel chapter 5, we realize that what God had anointed him, his plan for David's life was to become king over Israel. It takes place in this passage that we read today. So if you would read with me in chapter 5 of 2 Samuel verse 1, then came all the tribes of Israel to David and to Hebron and spake, saying, Behold, we are thy bone and thy flesh. Also in time past, when Saul was king over us, thou wast he that leddest out and broughtest in Israel. And the Lord said to thee, Thou shalt feed my people Israel, and thou shalt be a captain over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king to Hebron and King David made a league with them in Hebron before the Lord and they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign and he reigned 40 years. In Hebron he reigned over Judah seven years and six months and in Jerusalem he reigned Thirty and three years over all Israel and Judah. And the king and his men went to Jerusalem and to the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, which spake unto David, saying, Except thou take away the blind and the lame, thou shalt not come in hither, thinking David cannot come in hither. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, the same as the city of David. And David said on that day, Whosoever getteth up to the gutter and smiteth the Jebusites and the lame and the blind that are hated of David's soul, he shall be chief and captain. Wherefore they said, The blind and the lame shall not come into the house. So David dwelt in the fort and called it the city of David. And David built round about from Milo and inward. And notice verse 10. And David went on and grew great. And the Lord God of hosts was with him. Heavenly Father, again, we ask you'll bless your word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. David had reigned in Hebron for seven and a half years. 
Now we come to this day, he's finally anointed king over all the tribes of Israel. He's just been proclaimed king. Now his first act as king of Israel was to take possession of the city of Jerusalem, which we find here was inhabited by the Jebusites. Now, I wanted to make it clear, there's a little bit of a disdaining going on here. The people, the Jebusites, basically said to David that uh, you're not going to be able to take us. And really, in reference to the lame and the blind, he said, you're, you're, you're weak. In other words, you're not going to be able to come and take us. Well, the Bible tells us very clearly, David went on and, and, and took the city. Now, in verse 8, he didn't, I don't want you to misunderstand. He's kind of being sarcastic. David's being a little sarcastic here. And of course we know that this was a great military achievement. But David is basically saying the very ones that said we couldn't take them, we took them. The city belonged to the port of Benjamin. But the Jebusites had dwelt there so long and had so increased that it was commonly called the city of of the Jebusites and really they obviously resented David's purpose and they defiled him with sarcastic words but nonetheless he took the city I want to expound on verse 10 and I believe as we look at this little verse I want to challenge us as David did I want to challenge you I hope you are the kind of person that can be challenged I want to be challenged. If we're not careful, we'll become people not willing to be challenged. We'll be become people that gets offended. We live in a day where people are so offended. By the way, I'm not making excuses. I think we ought to be very careful not to offend people. <laughs> but truthfully, we all know this is true. When you tell people the truth and sometimes even including ourselves, we don't like it, do we? Verse 10 said, David went on and grew great, and the Lord God of hosts was with him. Remember, this is the position that God promised him over 15 years ago. It's been a lot of ups, been a long journey, been a lot of downs, been a lot of heartaches, but with it there's been a lot of victories. And by the way, isn't that the way life is? Now, when in this position, the king still had to deal with struggles. And by the way, no matter what your goals are, no matter what your aspirations are, no matter what you think life is going to be, listen to me, the man is a few days and full of trouble, you're always going to have to deal with struggles. Some people have the idea that once someone gets saved, man, life becomes just a bed of roses. It certainly does not. But boy, I tell you what, I'd rather be a Christian than anything else. Amen. But I want us to look. I want to expound on this little phrase, just simply, and David went on. Y'all see it there in verse 10? And David went on. You know there's a lot in that little phrase, and David went on. Now, we're going to look at the whole verse, and you know, there's certain styles of preaching. There's expository preaching, and uh, there's textual preaching, and... And all of it ought to be biblical preaching. But this is basically a textual service to sermon today, message today. I'm only going to look at verse 10. I'm going to look at the words and just preach on this verse. And here it is. And David went on. And David went on. And grew great. 
and the Lord God of hosts was with him. That's a good verse, isn't it? That's a good truth. And David went on and grew great, and the Lord God of hosts was with him. Man, I tell you what, that'd be a great aspiration way to live. Amen? So let's look at this, and even though we're going to live in a life full of struggles, we need to be challenged as David did, and David went on. That's the message, and David went on. Number one, what did David do? What David did? It's simple. Y'all ready? This is deep. Y'all ready? He went on. He went on. He didn't quit. Hey, listen, uh, he, he, if... He went on. Listen, if we're looking for a place to quit, if he was looking for a place to quit, he could have found it. But he went on. I mean, now that he's even king, now this has been a long journey, now he's finally king, you would think everybody would just love him. We see that these Jebusites, even there in the very city of Jerusalem, was disdaining him with his words. But here's what's amazing. He went ahead and did what needed to be done. And the Bible says he went on. That's what he did. So if he didn't quit, listen to me, we don't need to quit. We need to go on. And David went on. How about I say, hey, and Mark went on. Hey, and Laura went on. Hey, Jana went on. Hey, Chris went on. Hey, Scotty went on. Kelsey went on. Hey, I could put everybody's name here. Is that what's going to be said of us? That's what David did. He went on. So listen, we need to look at these great examples in the Bible. By the way, they were just human. But great examples here, even in a a, a time of David's life where everything wasn't quite the way he wanted it to be. The Bible said he went on. We need to go on. Now, we can look to his life. But you know our greatest example of who we should follow, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, uh, we we know that through it all, uh, our godly example of our God, listen, we know that our greatest example, we need to look to Calvary and see Jesus going on in spite of every turmoil, every pain, every agony. The Lord Jesus went on. Aren't you thankful? So David went on. By the way, it'd be a good epitaph, and he went on. I don't know, that might be, but we well, not too broke, babe. Maybe you can put that on my epitaph when I pass. And he and and Mark went on. I just that that's good stuff. I that just came to me right now. Y'all ever heard a preacher say, Lord, I pray that you'll just pour it into my head so I can say it? Right there was one of them moments. And David went on. Hey, I, I believe that'd be, that'd be biblical, wouldn't it? And Mark went on. Well, where did he go? He went to heaven. Hey, and David went on. So if we want to quit, listen, we can quit. But you know what ought to be said of us? We went on. Even in this day. So what did David go on with? He went on with his responsibilities. David went on with his responsibility. David knew God had given him some things. By the way, God's given you responsibility. If you're a mama, you need to keep going on. If you're a daddy, you need to keep going on. Why? Because you have responsibility. Some of the most blessed words that's ever came out of people's mouth is mom, dad, Hey, we need to keep on with our responsibility. David knew that God had given him responsibility. What about we go on with our time? By the way, time is a precious, precious gift. 
What do we do with our time? <laughs> Lord help us. Someone says this killing time is killing me, right? And see, some people think us deer hunters are getting up in a tree stand, freezing our toes off and freezing to death. Say, well, you ain't killed nothing. You're just killing time. Well, not really. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I got one spiritual person here this morning. Hey, listen, uh, time. He knew David had time. Hey, David knew he had a place. For David, God had given him to be a You might be a brother, you might be a sister, you might be a mom, you might be a dad. By the way, if you're a Christian, you have a great position, you have influence, we have to keep going. And Mark went on, David went on, put your name there, and you went on. By the way, say, oh, Pastor Mark, I don't have any, any desire to quit. Well, there's been a lot of Christians that had any, ain't had desire to quit, but they've quit. What do we have to do? We have to say, Lord, we want to go on. We have to understand our responsibility. God's given us responsibility. David had responsibility. David went on in his responsibility. To everyone, God has given such. Listen, it's not the same time. It's not the same place or the same responsibility. But God has given to us, each one of us, a responsibility that only we can perform. Rewards will be for faithfulness more, get this down, than results. Brother Don and I was talking the other day, you know, we always have a theme for the year. I believe this next theme, this next theme for the next year is just going to be simply this. Faithfulness matters. Faithfulness matters. You might not be much, but you can be faithful. It is required of a steward that he be found talented. No. It's required of a steward that he must be winsome. No. It's required of a steward that he must be popular. No. That he must be found faithful. So it matters. And I want you to know this morning we have a responsibility and we ought to be faithful to it. David was, was, went on with his responsibility. Now, here's something else. David went on, and by the way, your faithfulness to your gifts will be the only way they will be fulfilled. Because you know what? I ain't you and you ain't me. And yes, I said ain't. God has only created one like me. God has only created one like you. And God has given you responsibility of who you are and people that you can reach and what you are to perform. We must go on. See, what the devil wants to do is he wants to defeat you. Your flesh wants to defeat you. The world wants to defeat you. But we must go on. We have a responsibility. Hey, listen, I want you to know, to everyone, God has given such. Can I say this? Not only David went on with his responsibility, but David went on in spite of resistance. And by the way, we live in a day where we're going to get resistance. Now listen, I'm not being ugly, but even in the church even in the church, in the Christian society, there are, there's still resistance. Think back with me in the Old Testament with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
There were millions of Jewish people there and all of them had been taught not to bow down to a graven image. But it's amazing to me that only God, only in that moment when that music started to play, there was only three Jewish people that took a stand. You say, Pastor Mark, what was all the other Jewish people doing? I'm going to tell you what they were doing. They were bowing down. So there are times, even in the Christian life, that the, the, the separated, the Christians, sometimes Christians has to stand alone amongst other Christians. Do y'all understand that? We fight a lot of resistance, not from so much the world. We're always going to fight the world. But now we're fighting other religious organizations. We're fighting them. You say, Pastor, you mean you're fighting them? No. They resist us. Do y'all Have y'all noticed here recently that we are portrayed as a bunch of dinosaurs? Oh, y'all are that bunch. Oh, y'all, oh, y'all believe that. Oh, yes, I believe we ought to give our best to Jesus. I still believe in these days... The Bible says, even so much the more as you see the day approaching, I just believe we ought to have more fellowship and church than less. It's just my thoughts on it. But boy, I tell you right now, you hold that banner today, man. They look at you and say, oh, y'all a bunch of fuddy-duddies. Y'all, y'all still believe that? Listen, we, we, listen to me. Here's what we're going to say. We just got to go on. Here's what's the truth. You know what? I'm not going to stand and give an account to that crowd. You're not going to stand and give an account of that crowd. You say, Pastor Mark, we live in America. Listen to me. Yes, and I believe we ought to be law-abiding citizens. But I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to give an account at the end of my life to my government. I'm going to be a law-abiding citizen. And I'm going to honor where honor is due. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Anytime a man's law crosses God's law, I'm going to obey God's law. Why? We got to go on. David went on. He went on even of, of, of opposition and resistance. Think of the Jebusites here. They basically disdained him and said, you ain't going to take this city. Now everyone had just ordained David king. He's got to get to Jerusalem. And they're saying, you're not coming here. And they not only said you're not going to do it, he, they made fun of him. Said, hey, you're so weak, you're not going to be able to do it. Well, we see David wasn't as weak as what they thought. Amen. He took him pretty quickly. But we understand this. He went on in spite of resistance. He went on in spite of the Jebusites. Hey, he went on in spite of the Philistines. He went on in spite of Saul. All these last 15 years, he never quit. He kept thinking, God, you've got a place for me. You're going to make me king one day. And he went on through all of the resistance. Can I say to you, Bob Jones Sr. said years ago, and I quote, he said, to find out the character of a man, it will tell you how, what kind of a character a man has, what it takes to stop him. What it takes to stop him. And I'm going to be honest with you, if you do not have a rooted relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to tell you something, you'll get stopped. That's why we've got to nurture our relationship with the Lord. He needs to be so very real to us. Hey, we need to be so, we need to keep our relationship with the Lord because I'm going to tell you right now, if we don't have the proper fear of God, we'll fear everything. 
Can I say he went on in spite of even the Philistines. Hey, think about this. When he went down there to do the right thing, have you all ever thought sometimes you're trying to do the right thing and even people that you never thought would will mock you? You say, did that happen to David? Absolutely. He went to go feed his brothers, remember? And the Philistines was out there and they'd set themselves in array to fight and they put their champion out there named Goliath and no one from the Israelites side would go out there and fight Goliath and so when David showed up a ruddy old boy he said is there not a cause and you know what his oldest brother Eliab said he said oh you're being a fool he said you're just wanting to try to be prideful he said why don't you go on back home and watch those few little sheep dads you know what Eliab did he said look you need to go on you know why because Eliab knew David was going to do it but I'm going to be honest with you there's been times I've let someone say something. You've let someone say something. You've let someone ridicule you. And you know what? It stopped you. Not David. He went on. The Bible says he went on even after his oldest brother Eliab mocked him. He still went on down there to that creek. He still went down there and picked up them five stones. And he still went out there and faced that giant. And by the way, he still went out there and popped him and listen, chopped him and hopped him and dropped him and did it all. I got that out of order. He first popped him with the stone. Then he dropped and then old David stood up and hopped him, took his own sword, and then he chopped him. And then he carried that old head around everywhere as a trophy. You say, hey, talking about deer heads as trophies, man, old Brother Kramer's, he's in high cotton this morning. If he could, I could just see him now. When he killed that deer this week, he didn't put that thing down in the tailgate. I don't guarantee you. He lowered that tailgate and he propped that thing up wherever he drove. People could see that head sticking out of that trunk. Amen. Am I right? Amen. I know hunters. You don't just quietly, you know, just slip them in there. No, man, you probably, in West Virginia during deer season, man, if you had a car, you tied in things on top of your car. You wanted the whole world to see. And let me tell you something. When David chopped off Goliath's head, he carried it around like a trophy. He went on. We know that he went on even when Saul threatened him to kill him and chased him like an animal. So I want to tell you, a great example in our life is David and he went on. Are you going to go on? Can I talk to every child here just a minute? Some of you children have been taught and raised and trained in this church. You've heard so much truth. But I want to tell you something. The statistics are very sad today. I am told over 80% of young people that are raised in church today, the moment they graduate high school, they do not darken the door of a church again. Can I say to every young person here just a second, you ought to go on. What David did, what, what he went on. He went on even, even through resistance. Hey, David went on determined to do right. God help us. Now let me just stay a moment here just a second. Now we all know David. We all know David wasn't perfect. By the way, we all know that none of us are perfect. By the way, the Bible says that we're desperately wicked. Who can know it? You know the Bible says that we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. We all have sin nature in us. Can I get a witness? The Bible didn't say David was perfect, but we all know of the great failures and the great sins of David. But here's what amazes me. 
that, that he committed. And he did. He committed. But here's what the difference with David. He did not remain there. He went on. I can't help it. You know, Brother Benny Allen, he was here many years ago, but he's my good friend. I preached now for him for, I guess, 15 years straight in the fall. And, and every year I go in, the last couple of years, uh, it's, it's just been very simple. But he'll get up and give the invitation. And he'll say it this simple. He'll say this simple. He said, if you ain't living right, he said, get it right. And some might say, well, man, it's got to be harder than that. No, it don't. Just get it right. I'm thankful we have a God that is willing and ready and able to forgive if we'll confess. We need to keep going on doing right. He determined in his heart to do right. Do you have a determination in your heart to do right? He repented and he did right. Every time David did something sinful. And by the way, David was a murderer. David was an adulterer. David was a liar. David had been a wicked man. There were certain times of his life when you looked at him, there's no way that I could have believed he was a man after God's own heart. But the only way I know that he was a man after God's own heart because God told us he was. But he determined to do right. He continued to do right. When he failed, he got it right. When he sinned, he got it right. When he did something wrong, he did it right. Think about it. When he sinned against Bathsheba, he did it right. He lost his child. He got it right. Think about even in, through his life, he wanted to, he tried to do it right. Even after all the things that took place during Saul hunting him at the end, you know what he said. He wanted to do something kind to the family of Saul. And so he blessed Mephibosheth. Listen to me, David was a man after God's own heart, but that did not mean that he was not a sinner. But he determined to do right. I'll tell you something else he, he went on in. Here's is what amazing. He sought the leading of God in his life. Now, here's what's amazing. We get to see David's life. He, he did it publicly and privately. Now, I know the public part is the easy part. Here's what I've heard all my life in public. I've heard people say, oh, I just want to do God's will. Well, that's publicly. My question is, are you doing it privately? Are you seeking God's will privately? By the way, David's life was opened up to us through the Psalms and through all of 1 Samuel, 1 2 Kings, 1 2 Chronicles. We see glimpses of David's life and one thing that we know that he went on in is he continued to seek the leading of God. I could preach one message here in the next near future. He didn't even make a step without asking the Lord what to do. Do we live like that? He didn't even make a step. He didn't even make a move without seeking the Lord. So David went on determined to do right. That's what David did. You know what David became? First big point is what David did. What second one is what David became. You know what the Bible tells us in verse 10? And David went on and grew great. That's what he became. He grew great. He started out as a shepherd boy. Hey, then a musician to the king. And then he became the king himself. You're talking about an absolutely moving on up to a deluxe apartment in the sky. David had it. 
David started out as a shepherd boy. He said, oh, that little boy right there, he wouldn't amount to anything. Well, God had great plans for him. And by the way, when I see all these young people around here, I might look at them right now and maybe they're a shepherd boy or maybe they're a little girl and say, oh, God will never do anything with their life. It's amazing to me what God will do when they go on. I'm going to tell you all something right now. I've rubbed shoulders with greatness. I'm in a church with greatness. I've been to a college where I've seen greatness. I have greatness in my family. You say, well, what does that mean? Do you have a president in your family? No. Do you have some politician in your family? No. Listen to me. I have greatness because I know and I have some people in my life that has influenced me that's went on and grew great. So Pastor Mark, how do you know they grow great? Because I'm going to tell you right now, God's blessed their life. God's blessed them. I'm not talking about the greatness that the world calls greatness. I'm talking about the spiritual greatness that the world knows nothing about. See, David became great. Why? He became a great king. He was great in his kingly office. Hey, he was great in honors. God gave him honors. Here in this same passage, the king of Tyre reaches out to David. I mean, already, he says, man, he reaches out to him. If you keep reading it, man, he had great honors. Others respected him. I've learned this. When we go on, God helps us to become, and here's what he does. He makes us great. Aren't you glad when God gives you favor with people? That's great. He, got, he gave David greatness with people. God great gave him, became great in his victories. Hey, God, David became great in the eyes of his foes. You know something's going on when even your enemies can't say anything bad about you. Oh, they might not like you, but they have to respect you. That's how God makes people great. Somebody say amen. And by the way, you'll find out something too. When those people that were your enemies and they think you're crazy, when they get in their darkest days of life, it's amazing. Get ready. They could reach out to you just so you pray for them. Hey, David grew great. That's what he became. And also in the eyes of his foes, they respected him. Above all, the Bible says he grew great in the favor of God. Do you know what it means to have the favor of God? Do you know what it means to have favor with people? You ever heard someone say, and I have through my life, to know him is to love him? Who does that? God does it. That's great. I'll be honest, all of us want our children to be great, but maybe we have some earthly aspiration for that. But I'm going to be honest with you, the way I know that someone is great is when the Bible says God gives him favor. Gives her favor. Above all, he grew great in the favor of God. Hey, listen, I can say this as a challenge. I believe all of us can grow great. No, I'm not talking about growing great, having our own little empire. And by the way, I'm not saying it won't happen either. Maybe you get out into business somewhere. Man, God will touch that business. Next thing you know, you're a millionaire. Just remember your church. And you know that's a joke. Hey, well, not really. But I'm going to say this. See, we have, I think that we have such low aspirations. I, sometimes I run into families and parents and, man, all they care about is those children making money. I, and by the way, we've got to have it because you've got to live. But I'm going to tell you, that's such a, lo- a sight that's so low. Oh, I want my son or daughter to be successful. Well, successful in what? Success in what? 
What's the ultimate goal of life? Oh, I don't want him to have to work as hard as I do. Well, then he's probably not going to be successful. Because I don't hardly know anybody that ain't successful that don't work hard. Somebody say amen. At least that's the way it ought to be. Amen. But successful in what? I think God gives us what? He said he grew great. Yes, there was some humanly things that he grew great in. But man, I want to tell you, what I think of as grew great is when God gives someone favor and they, they, people that don't seem like they're going to make it, they make it. I just watched a documentary on Haddon Spurgeon, I, the people's preacher, the prince of preachers. And I'm going to be honest, he had such humble beginnings. To read, read, read the life of, of Haddon Spurgeon. Amazing, man. His, his conversations with the Lord were just so personal. Like I'd be sitting, talking to my wife. That's the way he talked to God. It's amazing. And if you know his name, C.H. Spurgeon, everybody knows his name. Well, why? He wasn't the greatest orator. He didn't fire it up and jump all over. I mean, he just, let me tell you, he had the power of God on his life. And everything he touched was successful. Hey, I believe all of us can grow great. How about this? How about we grow great and become a great prayer warrior? How many of y'all been reading that book? Intercessory Prayer. How many of y'all read reading it? Well, I'm going to promise you this. If you're reading, you're not getting too far in it. You're already convicted. Y'all know what's wrong with America? We got a bunch of people out here wanting to be great and a bunch of stuff, and we need to become great prayer warriors. We got a bunch of men running around here thinking we're going to save the world by doing everything under the sun what the world tells us. No, the Bible tells us what's great is we can all become great prayer warriors. God help me. We can become great in prayer. Sometimes these older folks say to me, Pastor, I just don't know why the Lord's left me here. I do. Can I ask every older person here just a second, you say, Pastor, I'm just not able to do what I used to do. Have you ever thought maybe it's because God's put you in a place where you can do more than you've ever done? Pray. Well, Pastor, I ain't got nothing else to do. Well, then you got everything to do. Pray. I run into people from time to time, and they're not very busy. I get it. I understand. And I think older people have earned the right to take it easy a little bit. I don't. I tell my mom and dad, I don't. I know they get up early, but I say, hey, y'all have earned the right. Sleep in if you want to. But I run into people from time to time. You know, they're not busy, and they don't think you're busy. Y'all know anybody like that? I mean, they don't do nothing, so they don't think you do anything. So, you know, every little whip stitch, my phone rings. And by the way, I'm for talking and I'll talk, but I've learned sometimes they're bored. They're bored, and so they just want to call me, and I'll do my best. But listen to me. I want you to know something. I'd rather people try to call me and walk away from me when I came into place. But I say this, what did David become? He become great. Great prayer warrior. So next time you and I are bored, how about we become great in prayer? Hey, can I say, I believe we can become great in being a soul winner. 
I don't know about y'all, but I'm just going to be honest. I'm not seeing a lot of gospel tracts and information out in the society like I used to. And, I, and I'm just wondering, are we talking to people about the Lord? Are we, are we sharing with other people how good God has been to us? Are we inviting people to church? Uh, we're going to have some tickets made up. I'm sure they're making them now. We need them right here at the beginning of, no, of December. But we're going to start handing out tracts and getting people to come to our Christmas plays and cantatas. And you say, why? Because we want to hear. We want to tell them the story, the greatest story that's ever been told, the one of Jesus Christ. I believe we can become a great servant of the Lord. I believe we can become a great supporter of the church. I believe we can be a great standard bearer. I believe everybody ought to just go on and you ought to be great and you ought to be just a great Christian. Can I ask you all a question? What would people say to you and me if I went to your work and say, hey, what do you think of so-and-so? Do you think he's a Christian? Oh, I know, we've taken, oh, you're not supposed to steal the employer's time. Well, I'm not saying for you to act like a Christian stealing your employer's time. I've heard that. Oh, I tell you what, I can't witness at work because I'll be stealing my employer's time. Well, no, you ought to be witnessing with your mouth and your wife. You ought to be the hardest worker there. <laughs> Amen. And by the way, I know we all gripe and complain from time to time, but I want to just say this. A Christian ought not be griping and complaining all the time. We ought to grow great. Y'all want to grow great? He went on and grew great. What David did, what David became, and then quickly what David had. I'm going to quit. And the Lord of hosts was with him. Boy, that's good. Y'all glad the Lord's with y'all? And the Lord of hosts was with him. It doesn't say one word about his cabinet. I'm sure he had, an, I'm sure he had a vice. I know he had a captain of the host because he had Joab. I know he had a group of mighty men. I'm sure he was putting a cabinet together to take care of all the foreign relations, but it doesn't say that all of his cabinet members was with him, and I know they were, and then it didn't say his brother, his mothers, and his father, and everyone was with him, which I'm sure the family was with him. No, God said that he was with him. And I don't know about y'all, that's who we need with us. The Lord of hosts is with him. He trusted the Lord, he acknowledged the Lord, he consulted with the Lord, he obeyed the Lord. Can I just close? I don't know about y'all, I think we just need to go on. Y'all want to go on? How many of you think if you grow on, you'll just grow great? And then here's the great blessing of all of that. And who will be with you? The Lord Jesus. He says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Now I'm going to ask a question this morning. Y'all know Jesus? I mean, do you know him? Do you have a personal relationship with him? And let me ask you right now, how well do you know him right now? Have you talked to him this morning? Have you consulted him this morning? Has he spoke to you during this message this morning? How are you going to respond? Could you imagine if I go home, and by the way, sometimes I'm in another land, and my wife will be sitting there talking to me, and she'll know it. She'll say, Mark, you didn't hear a word I said. Babe, I, I'm sorry. I sure didn't. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? You notice everybody that raised their hand, I think, was just about a man, I think. 
we're just out there, and we're looking. We just know we're not, we're looking, but we're not listening. We're just there. God help us. But could you imagine if I lived my life like that with her, how long she'd want to stay with me? And by the way, that wouldn't be a very good relationship. So can I ask you a question this morning? If the Lord spoke to you, you're going to talk back to him? Or are you going to respond? How many of you feel like we just need to go on? Even in 2023 when it's not popular. Even in 2023, when all of our national media tells us that we're the problem, because we're just so judgmental. How many of you think we ought to just go on because it's the right thing to do? How many of you think we ought to just go on because, my Jesus, I love thee, and I know thou art mine? How many of y'all believe we ought to just go on? And in doing so, I pray we'll become great. And here's the greatest promise, and the Lord God will be with us. But you know what? That's only true if you know Jesus as your personal Savior. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I beg you, I plead with you today, trust Him this morning. You can know. It's not a hope so, it's not a might so, I listen to me, that you may know you have eternal life. Jesus died for all mankind and he paid the price of all mankind's sin. And the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How many of you know Jesus this morning? Would you say amen? amen. Would you stand to your feet this morning? How many of you just said this morning, Pastor, this message was for me. Nobody else knows what's going on, but man, there was some things going on in my life, and I've got some resistance here. I've been a little discouraged here, but you know what? I'm just going to resign myself to go on. Can I give an earthly uh, illustration, and I'm going to close. Last night, I'm, I'm going to be honest with y'all, I was sitting in my living room resigned, and by the way, it's just football. But it sure is fun to watch. And I was sitting on my couch, and listen, I had resigned myself that the team that I liked was going to lose. I was resigned. Me and Clay was sitting there. Now, he was taking a lot worse than I was. But my wife was on the couch. My son was there, and my dad was there. We were all sitting there. And, you know, the very last play, there was like, I don't know, a few seconds left. It was fourth and 30. And I was resigned. I said, you know what? They're going to lose. I mean, you don't make a play like that. When he caught that ball in the back of the end zone, I jumped off my couch, and I, I'm going to be honest, I went, oh, my goodness. Oh, and that's all I can say. Oh, my goodness. Oh, and Clay was jumping. And here's what I said. And listen, that's just football with human beings. Here's what's amazing to me. God does that all the time. We should never, ever, ever lose hope. If a man can throw a ball 30 yards in the back of an end zone and another, it was almost like it was a mystical type thing. That's the kind of God we have every moment of our life. I don't know, you might have been down this morning and say, oh, Pastor, I've just about lost hope. Stop it. 
We have the God of heaven, and he's still on the throne. And let me tell you, I can promise you there today, there's going to be many of those made today in heaven. Miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. So let's just keep going. Amen? How many of you know today, say, boy, this message, with head bowed, eyes closed, this message was for me today. Would you just raise your hand? You're being honest. God bless you. God bless you. Hey, listen, hands all over the place. Listen, altars open. They play. You want to come, please do. If not, you pray right there at your seat. But let's thank God. Let's resolve in our hearts. We're going to go on. We're going to go on. God's going to help us to be great. Let's strive at being great prayer warriors, a great Christian, great supporter of God's work. Let's go on. And the Lord God of hosts will be with us. Miss Katie has asked this morning, and I'm going to have her come, and she's asked for the church to pray over her. And I've asked some men to come. And so, Miss Katie, can you make your way? And if you need help, Miss Laura can help you there. Can you make your way down? We're going to let her stay comfortable now. We're not going to make her get down. We're going to have her maybe come. And how would it be best for you, Miss Katie? Just standing here. She's been sick and she's asked. So I've asked the deacons of the church and I've asked some preachers to come. And we're going to just put our hands on her this morning. We're going to pray over her and ask God to touch her. And see, that's a biblical thing. When you ask for the elders of the church to pray over you. And by the way, I believe in oil. We could anoint her with oil. We would take oil, put it on our fingers and pray over. I, we would do that, but here's the thing. We don't have any oil. So we're going to do what God asked us to do. We're going to pray over. Amen? And let's ask God to touch her and to heal her body. And She's been going through some health issues, and so I'm going to ask a few men gather around her here. Uh, Brother Beeler, I'm going to ask you to come up here behind the pulpit, and I'm going to ask you to pray as we pray over her. And let's ask God to touch her body. Amen. And we're going to just let you stand, Miss Katie. All right? Let's pray and then we'll be dismissed. Lord, we love you. And Lord, we're here tonight or this morning doing something that needs to be done. We're praying for someone in our midst that needs a special touch. And Lord, as we're gathered around and we're doing what's biblical, we're laying on of hands, I ask that you would just touch her body. Lord, we know that you can and you're willing. But Lord, we know that ultimately you're going to get the glory out of everything. And so Lord, as we're here today praying, I, I ask that everyone in the congregation is united in their hearts as we are uniting our hearts around her. Lord, I know that you are the great physician and you can do your will. And so, Lord, I pray now that you would touch her body. And, Lord, I pray that you might um, get all the glory for everything that's done. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's sing one before we leave. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. 
All right, be back tonight, 6 o'clock. God bless you.